I think that I will be the one that makes mistakes that you have to cut out. Oh, that's you, that's the plan. I'm not going to make mistakes. Yeah, I was going to say you'll you'll always be on top form. <laughs> well, hello. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm <laughs> good, <laughs> thank you. How are you? Um, in pain. In pain. Why today. are you in pain? Well, I was trying to um be an adventurous person yesterday and I walked nine miles. How far is nine miles? Can well, you basically um where did you walk? Around the whole city centre for about three right. hours. So it didn't feel like nine miles, but I like rubbed a hole in the back of my shoe. Ow. So in the back of your shoe? Like there is no like padding, it's all gone. My foot has just like worn it away. Oh, and since God. that, I've got a blister basically the size of, Jupiter. I don't know, a large circle. <laughs> an <laughs> apricot. My, yeah, an apricot. I don't think I've ever had an apricot. You should, they're good. Yeah. They make you shit them. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be good for you. I won't try one then. Don't No, don't eat a lot of them. <laughs> my mum once told me that if you eat a lot of them you poop yourself i feel like that applies to any fruit really yeah not peppers though no (laughs) peppers aren't a fruit peppers aren't a fruit i'm glad that you discovered that today (laughs) i i already knew that it's just it came out wrong a lot of things come out wrong (laughs) like you yeah (laughs) oh Oh dear Okay, okay so this podcast is about murder believe it or not surprisingly yeah um and that's that and thank you goodbye yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so that my mum can listen more than anything it will all be chatty oh yeah it'll be a chatty murder mm. it's like that mm. alan carr chatty man murder show there you go that famous it will be chatty to begin with and then and then my mum can pause and get and leave before we... <laughs> I'll give a... We'll give a pre-warning saying, and now the murder begins. Yeah. And now, death. <laughs> death oh now happens. I wish you got a warning before you died. Maybe that's, that's what, like, illness is. Like, cancer. That's a warning. I mean... I mean, see, we're already... It's already morbid. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is... That's right. But say, okay, accidental deaths. I wish that someone, like, appeared next to you and was like, by the way, this is about to happen. Yeah, but wouldn't the person then try and avoid dying? Yeah, that's true. So not many people would die. Maybe they tell you in the... You know, if there's an afterlife. But then you're already dead. So obviously it won't... Yeah. Do you know what? We're already getting philosophical. We're already talking yeah. about afterlives and, you know... That's a good show. Afterlife. Afterlife. Such an amazing show. So that's my first show recommendation. You will be getting a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, everyone must go watch Afterlife. Yeah. That's my... I've never seen it. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, getting back on yeah. track. Yeah. Um, first things first... We are both recording this. Um. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to try really hard as well, not to um, burst into song. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we are recording this. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. um, in different households. That's why it probably yeah. sounds like it's being recorded on a potato. <laughs> in a tin can. In a tin can. Yeah. Creamy mash and all that. <sighs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, but it can't be avoided, can it? Avoided. No. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll sound pretty much the same level of awful yeah. yeah yeah there you go and the awkward long pauses will make it even more enjoyable for the four people that will listen yeah so yeah do you want to get started and talk about your love of true crime miss molly breeze i would love to i feel like i'm this is my autobiography so really yeah um <laughs> i actually can think about I have a memory of when it first, like, I first became interested in it. My cousin, Georgia, okay. <clears throat> she used to, yeah, Ooh. name drop in. She she won't oh. listen, but I'm just... Yeah, she used to come <laughs> round. We used to have a sleepover every other week. And she's, like, two years older than me. So when I was, like, 13, I think I was probably about 13. She was 15, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, um... And she is the person that introduced me to Criminal Minds. She would sit in our lounge and watch it. Like, my mum, it was the only day... She came every thir- every other Thursday, and it was the only day that my mum would let me stay up past, like, you know, whatever time. I don't know, t- nine, ten. Um, and so I would sit with Georgia and watch Criminal Minds. And it just, like, never scared me. Even from the get-go, uh, like, my mum was like, how are you watching this and not... Like, I could, I could just go to sleep afterwards, you know? It wouldn't bother me. Um... And then that just, the obsession with that show carried on even past, you know, when she used to come stay with us. Um, and then I don't really know how it happened, like, how I became interested. Just from there, um, I've just always been obsessed. And then I became obsessed with My Favourite Murder, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Shout out to My Favourite Murder. They are literally yeah, our inspiration. The BTEC British version in our minds yeah the shams um yeah yeah so then i became obsessed with them and i would listen to them to revise for my gcses and i remember once a teacher <laughs> came in it was like after school you know i was at a revision thing and, and a teacher came mm. in and we all had our headphones in and they were like what are you all listening to and people would say you know like oh you know piano music it helps me concentrate and i was like um oh, a podcast God. about murder yeah got a funny look but um yeah and then ever since then it's just been it is just my fa- it's my favorite genre of tv of you know books of everything yeah. so yeah just it's it just is. good well i mean murder's no, not good but what about um, you also well see i'm a bit late to the true crime yeah. love never too late but yeah but um, I just remember being really young and being interested in stuff that you shouldn't necessarily be interested yeah, in. Definitely. Like, my mum, who, shout out if my mum is listening, that will be a major breakthrough because <laughs> the only podcast she listens to is the Michelle Obama podcast. So, <laughs> shout out also to the Michelle, a best friend of mine. Absolute queen, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> completely sidetracked. Um, she loves a murder mystery drama. Yeah. She is the queen of guessing who did it. Like, she just knows. Who done it. Who done yeah. it. Um, and it used to become a competition where we'd sit and watch the BBC 
show. It's not even a drama. I can't say it's a drama. It's too lighthearted. Um, Death in Paradise. Yeah. And she'd literally watch the first scene and she'd be like, oh, it's that one. Be like, how? How do you know? And then she'd always be right. Maybe she should go into a detective. Honestly, she should. It's, it's hard to ever get away with anything at home. <laughs> because she just knows. <laughs> like, you can't eat the last of the biscuits. Cause yeah, because she'll know. She'll know. Um, and so I think just watching, like, true crime series and books and stuff, I just... It sparked my love, but I think yeah. the fact that it's a bit taboo, yeah. a bit hush hush, I like it. Yeah, me too. I don't have, a, I don't have an origin story like no. you, so sorry. Yeah, but. but that's only because, like, I remember being introduced to it. So it's always there, isn't it, for you? Like, yeah. you don't actually have a moment. Um, and I now I'm hoping to it to be my career. There you go. So, you, you've taken it one step further. Yeah, it has um, consumed my all being. <laughs> I'm so either what? going to find the criminals or become one, so we don't know. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, I hope that's not a warning. No, it's not like a. this will be played at my, like, you know, my trial in <laughs> yeah. ten years. When I have to Me be admitting. A, an eyewitness, I'll be like, yeah, I always knew. <laughs> Yeah. Really? She stated it on a podcast, <laughs> in her own words, that she will kill someone. <laughs> no. Oh dear. Would never kill someone. No, of course unless not. It needed yeah. to be done. And and I would <laughs> help you. I've always said I will help you bury the body. So. Oh yeah. That's how friendship works. Truly. That's actually although, quite a good. Sorry, go on. Although killing is bad, and don't kill. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. We're not. We're not. Um, promoting. promoting it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was going to say that was a good, like, segue into we were going to talk about how we met. How how Moll and Moo came to be. <laughs> because it's it adds a light-hearted warmth. It does. Uh, we can go the long story or we can go the short story. But the, the summary is um, we met at university. There you go. Did you know we met at university? <laughs> Just in case you didn't. Just in case you were completely unaware. Um, and you didn't like me properly at the start. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I would like to clarify that I never didn't like you. Well... <laughs> that's a that's a double negative. Yeah, I never... Yeah, but I have to say... I, I have to say it in that way. Anyway. Okay. My point is that I kind of... I like everyone when mm. I first meet them, which can oftentimes be, like, a... A problem. Yeah, a problem. Um, but, like, I didn't dislike you. There you go. I didn't dislike you um, at all. We just... You you scared me a little bit. <laughs> How did I scare you? Because you're quite... When you first meet you as a person, you are quite, like, poker face, <laughs> you know. You are. You're quite, like... I don't yeah. know how to describe it. You're lovely. Like, I remember... Okay, this is a sidetrack, but it's also part of our yeah. friendship story. Yeah. Um, we arranged... It was, like, in the, one of the first weeks of uni. Well, also, we lived together. That's I need to say that before. We lived together in first-year accommodation. Yeah, so we really just sort of um, got randomly plopped together. Yeah, we were thrust together. Ooh. Didn't know if I was going to choose thrust, <laughs> but all right. Yeah. Uh, it sounded right in my <laughs> head. Um, no, but... <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we planned to go into town together just to go shopping or something, didn't we? Yeah. Um, And I remember sitting on the bus with you and, like, I was so nervous because not only did you kind of, like, scare me with your your poker face a little bit, um, (laughs) you were... I just perceived you as someone so much cooler. I mean, I'm not a cool person at all. Neither. You were completely blindsided. In my head, you were. That's very sweet, but... A lot of people will tell you wrong. Well, I know now that that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, you should know now. <laughs> but initially, I thought you were really cool. Anyway, so, yeah, when we, but when we were sat on that bus, like, you just, like, were so easy to talk to. And then I was like, oh, I shouldn't have been prejudiced and, like, been like, oh, I'm not sure if we're going to be friends. <laughs> oh, she's not a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Anyway... That was a long-winded explanation of how you're not... How I did actually like you. Yeah. I I take it as a compliment. Truly. I literally saw you amongst the sea of other people we were living with. Because we lived with... like There was like 11 of us. It was ridiculous. Yeah. There was too many people from too many places yeah. around the country. <laughs> and in all in all, we didn't get on. You know, fair enough. No. No one ever does. <laughs> um but it was like I was just glad that I I have one friend from that group. Yeah. And such a good friend. Like it's not even like I came away from living with a bunch of people with like oh yeah, I kind of stayed friends with like one of them. Like you don't leave me alone. No. No, we are an extreme well we're best friends. Oh yeah. Got it, guys. Just in case people don't think that from my tone of voice, we are. <laughs> this is yeah, just how I sound. Think, yeah. <laughs> I'm being forced, you know. No, we are. We are best friends. There you go. That's also on recording. Me killing someone in the future, me admitting our friendship. There you go. Oh, my God. See, this is a rare... No, I'm joking. <laughs> this is a rare occurrence. <laughs> Millie, oh. I... I was going to make a joke that you... I don't even know what I was going to make a joke of. Yeah, we are. Now I've got it on recording and now I can hold it to you forever and ever. But I already knew it. So. Yeah, you did already know it. I don't know. What was, what what was the long... You said, should we tell the long Yeah, the story long story the involves, us, involves us bitching about people. But I think that's probably not a good idea. Well, no. And also that is the base... That's the foundation of any good friendship, really. It's coming together to discuss... Mutual third, dislike. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And not even in a mean way. Like, I don't like the thought of... Like, I don't like the idea of being bitchy. But a gossip never hurt anybody. Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I can't remember. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Um, we've been recording for a full 15 minutes. How are you feeling? That's pretty good. Um... Nervous I still? still, yeah, I'm still nervous sweating. Oh. I'm not ashamed to say that. That's yeah. a natural bodily function. But, yeah, you, you know. tell yourself that. Yeah, I will. Um, but actually, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I am scared, though, just a side note. <laughs> I have a memory of, in no, not interviewing, what's the word? Like, auditioning. I don't really know what it was called. Yeah. To be head girl for sixth form. Yeah. And I had to stand up in front of my whole year. Like, there were only, like... I can't remember, like, ten of... No, probably less than ten. Like, six of us, right, as girls. Yeah. Going for head girl. And I had to stand up in front of my whole year group 
and give a speech. Um, can't remember what it was about. I remember I threw quite a lot of Obama, oh. as in Barack Obama quotes in there. Why? <laughs> because I think it had to be about someone that inspired us. And or... you chose Barack Obama. <laughs> I think I have the flashcards from the speech somewhere in my room. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was either about Barack Obama or I just decided to, you know, include him in there. Anyway, regardless, um, in like I gave my speech... I was so nervous. I'm not really, like, good in front of crowds, really. No. I was, I was like, you can imagine, I was bright red. Yeah. Um, but, like, I still did it, um, <laughs> and it still went well. But then, when I sat down with all my friends, like, they all cheered and whooped for me and everything. Whooped, that's a funny word. Yeah, um, like in Harry Potter. And, yeah, exactly. And then I sat down, and the boys just started taking absolute piss, and they were like, you sounded like the queen. <laughs> I don't know what came over you. But apparently, when I have to... S- you know, do public speaking with an audience, like the my posh voice comes out. Yeah, I and yeah, I get that. I feel like that's it's probably coming out right now. It's not. I just can't even. I can't help it. It just. I just. I think it's probably because I'm aware of my words, so I'm yeah. pronouncing them like you know. Oh, hello. Anyway, that was a ramble, but you know what I mean. Mm. Um, I'm worried that I sound posh. No, you don't. And also. Okay, thank you. Um, a lot of ramblings will occur in this podcast. Yeah, they also they'll also be cut. Uh, yeah, I will have to edit them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Once I have a train of thought, I have to run with it. Otherwise, either forget it mm. or. Uh... Yes, this podcast is basically just Molly, and then I'm throwing in some. Mm, yes, I agree. In <laughs> oh, it. Don't that makes me feel bad. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll try and um keep the rambling to a minimum thank you thank you for the sake of our audience Sanity. you know oh, oh yeah, yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> uh, um oh dear. anything else that we'd like to add i was going to say i don't think we've spoken about why we're doing the podcast in the first place okay why are we doing the podcast miss breeze <laughs> very briefly well there's kind of multiple reasons aren't there yeah um I, for part of my degree, mm. I have to... What do you study? Do a, I do creative writing. Thank you, thank you. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> um, I feel like your mum. <laughs> yeah. Um, as part of the degree, I have to do a... Well, part of this semester, I have to do a professional project, mm. which basically has to be, like, a polished creative piece, you know, that I could send off to wherever yeah like something Um, that you have made isn't it yeah basically and obviously most people choose I mean I do creative writing most people choose like a book Mm. they're gonna write like the opening to a novel or a short stories series very but um you know in with the uh the crowd that's what people are doing and then you decided to do a podcast yeah (laughs) I was like do you know what even though writing is my degree I just decided well we'd just spoken about it hadn't we we'd we'd said yeah oh my god podcasts are so cool oh my god we should do a podcast it was definitely one of those moments that friends have where they're like oh my god we should buy a bar yeah we should start a band let's make a podcast and then I got a bit attached and I was like oh my god I find these places that you know can let us record and you know, this software, and then I taught myself yeah. how to edit, so... Yeah, Millie's been very 
I, I have to applaud her. She's been very tech savvy. Thank you, thank you. Um, mm. Yeah, I pride myself in my internet ability. There you go. Although I still don't know how to work a laptop. That's a You dime. just figure it out as you go along. It's That's fine. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> yeah, and here we are. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to my friend Kerry because... Yes, definitely. She, um, she started a podcast. She speaks about uh, movies and sometimes books but predominantly movies that they've watched with her friend ella mm. um what's it, it called just, plug it it's called yeah tea o'clock like nice. like drinking tea yeah o'clock yeah. with uh cella which is obviously their names carrie and ella combined um <clears throat> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but it was just so like i just love listening to it you know and as like a friend it just sound, it just felt like i was having a conversation with her um and I just loved it. And so then I, I, I told you about it, didn't I? Yeah. And then... I listened to, like, the first 20 minutes of yeah. it, I think. And I really liked it. And then that was another reason for us to just go for it. So, yeah. Yeah. In case you were interested, that's why. Okay. I'll also... I'll put, like, the link or their Instagram um, yeah. in the nice. post when we post this so people can go listen. Because it Bless. is... She'll love that. It's lovely. It is. Um, if you want something more light-hearted to listen to than murder yeah um but also most of all why not you don't really need a reason do you no i suppose um another good reason mm-hmm. is we are currently in a national lockdown exactly lockdown number three do 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 um if there were ever a time it would be now yeah truly we are i'm bored out of yeah. my mind i'm currently living in bath Am I allowed to say that we live in Bath? Yeah, I really don't think that anyone will want to. I won't mention my address. There you go. We can start a PO box if we have fan mail. (laughs) You know, get the merch out. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. It would just be my mum sending us like hampers of. Don't, because I would actually do that just so that Anna could send us stuff. Uh, She would do it anyway, you know what she's like. She's amazing. Um, God's gift on earth. Anyway, <laughs> completely yeah. sidetracked. I'm currently living in a five bed house with my boyfriend. It's just us two. You know, it's fun. Yeah. But I needed something to do on my own. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Love him to pieces. Needed a project to. Yeah. While he's downstairs playing Call of playing Duty. On the Xbox, yeah. I can go off and be a grown up and talk about death with there my best go. friend. <laughs> I um I offered actually if he wanted to be a guest, like a special guest, and he just said no. He said no. It doesn't Did interest him. Did you not even him. consider it? No. I even asked if he'd listen and he said he'd listen when he's driving. <laughs> so I think that's a win. But he yeah. said no to joining us. I don't, he doesn't this doesn't interest him. It yeah, just doesn't. exactly. I was just going to say, I'm not expecting all of my friends to listen because it's quite a niche. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You either are really interested in it and you don't find the gross stuff gross and you want to know everything and you want to know, you like want to see the photos, you want to see everything, you want to be involved, or it's just not your thing. And for him, it's not his thing at all. But he will, <laughs> he will sit. And watch Criminal Minds with me. And then I think that's that's how I find the one. Yeah. Aw, that was really... That was a cute... 
You've got he's got that on record now as well. He can hold that against you. Oh, I'm well, screwed. Hopefully he he I'm screwed. won't listen. <laughs> and then yeah, I'll cut yeah. it out. No, no, no. Bonjour. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. The name. That's going to be the name of the episode. Yeah. Um, we thought we'd start off this week with a mutual favorite. Is that the right mm-hmm. word? Can we yeah, say favorite? I think this might be my favorite. Really, your Actually. ultimate favorite. My my, it's my ultimate favorite. Like famous case. Oh. There's probably yeah. more. There's probably lesser heard of cases that I love but this one overall like it's my probably my favorite you know serial killer case oh yeah it's definitely it's definitely doozy it's like so good (laughs) so Um, I think it covers I think well first of all it's we are doing the night stalker oh yeah sorry it's the night stalker which is obviously Richard Ramirez yeah um the epitome yeah of a of evil yeah oh a hundred percent this story covers anything you could ever imagine someone evil being able to do it, it happens in this story oh yeah i shouldn't call it a story because that makes it sound made up no in this uh case they do. very much case yeah so milady would you like to start yeah. off for us please <sighs> i feel like i'm reading a bedtime story it's not very get, bedtimey get, though yeah get your cups of tea yeah the Night Stalker, um, otherwise known as Richard Ramirez, um, he committed multiple crimes between 1984 and 1985 in LA and um, a couple of times San Francisco, but he sort of operated mainly in LA. LA. Um, so yeah, you might have heard of it as it's mm-hmm. recently just become like a Netflix documentary yes. sort of thing and it's so good so good so good honestly it's I was, very go on i started watching it and i probably watched it all in like four hours or something ridiculous yeah. it was so good there, i think there are only four episodes which makes it even like it's just so it's such a easy watch yeah but also so well done although it does make me laugh it is very dramatic um yeah and it... very it feels like a <laughs> it feels like a sort of indie like university film project don't you think like it has that like yes um like the editing is all very like as it should be it's a crime show. yeah i mean it's a very notorious criminal yeah. case um yeah. but at the same time it is very like and he went here dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Um, but, it's um, told by the detectives that yeah. solved the case. Um, I think his... Hang on. I don't want to say his name wrong. Also, PSA. I'm going to butcher everyone's names. Yeah. I apologise beforehand, and I have tried, and I have Google translated names to get them correct, and I will probably still get them wrong. Yeah. So, it's not me being um, ignorant. I just no, can't read. Some names are just difficult to say it, it's yeah. just the way life goes so it's gil carrillo yeah and frank, frank, Sal- frank I think you say salerno salerno yeah. yeah they so frank salerno's famous um for catching the hillside 
stranglers. Strangler. But yeah, it's like told all from their perspective and it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like it's all dimly lit and you know. Yeah, they're in a bar yeah. with Frankers, isn't he? Yeah, like Gil's talking about like his life, you know, and his family and his yeah. wife's interviewed and it's very yeah. like moody and it's very good. Yeah. But it's told but. from their perspective. Obviously, it wouldn't be told from the killer's yeah, perspective. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting take, wouldn't it? Um, copywriting that before anyone <laughs> yeah. else wants to take that idea. <laughs> Not that anyone would, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's very good. I highly recommend. I think it got released, like, early February, possibly. Yeah, it's very recent, isn't it? Yeah. So, please, please watch it if you like yeah. true crime. Or if you just want something dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Or if you think we don't tell the story or the case very well, that sums it up perfectly. (laughs) If you don't like the way we do it, go watch this documentary. Yeah, if you want to stop the podcast now and just go watch the documentary, (laughs) just do that because that's probably a much better explanation. We will recommend a thousand more true crime documentaries and books and podcasts and anyone and everything. So, you know, if you are interested in it and you really want to give, you know, other things a try, please do, because there are so many great people out there making great things. Yeah, exactly. Very well. So, to start off with. Yes. Um, so, here's a very bad man that did a very, <laughs> lots of very bad things. <laughs> um, and he has a case, like, I wouldn't say a case, he has a list of crimes spanning... A year, but yeah. forty-three counts of things. That's that's insane. Only a year to do forty-three like, bad things. Such a short period of time. Yeah, and he got convicted. Mm-hmm. Well, he, you know, the the time period stopped, you know, in nineteen eighty-five. But they still found crimes like much later on. Yeah, you know, of stuff that happened before. So it's not even just that one period. No. Like, um, they found in 2009 DNA from a crime scene that is linked to before his, like, killing spree. Mm-hmm. Which is just terrifying. So this one person has done all of these things. Yeah. And even though he's been convicted of all of the murders, or at least they think they know all of the murders he committed, like, who knows? Like, Oh, there's they're... definitely got to be more. Exactly. So it's 13 counts mm-hmm. of murder. Yeah. 13. Uh, five counts of attempted murder. So yeah. add that on top of yeah. the 13. 11 counts of sexual assault. And 14 counts of burglary. So altogether 43. That's crazy. Yeah. It really is. Like, when you listen or watch so many things to do with true crime, like, I find myself desensitised a lot of the time. Yeah. To the things that... And, you know, if they said, like, oh, he murdered five people, I'm like, oh... It's only five. <laughs> only five. Yeah, not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, but, like, this one just... Like, 43 counts. Yeah. And he was found guilty on all counts. Yeah. And well, he, he was convicted for 43 counts. Yeah. Of se- um, I mean, obviously, of separate things. Yeah. But... He was convicted of basically 43 things. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And it was only, well, he'd been convicted of things only in a time span yes. of a yeah. year. So a year to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a busy man with a bad agenda. Yeah. Yes. There's a very famous picture of him 
in his first, I think his first hearing or whatever, the first day of the trial. Yeah. Um, and he like puts up his palm and he's drawn the like a pentagram on his palm. Oh god. It's just terrifying. And he's also terrifying to look at. Oh, he's ugly. I'm sorry. Yeah. If any of you Richard Ramirez fans out there wanna come for me, come for me. He is yeah. an ugly man. Um yeah. Google him if you don't know yeah. what he looks like, or just Google the Night Stalker or Richard Ramirez. He will come up, he's very famous. Sadly famous. Mm. Um but, like, did he he had a following, like, Ted Bundy. Yeah, people were obsessed with him. Like, women went to all his, like, hearings and they would, like, fangirl after him. Dress in the, up, try and get his attention. Yeah, in the documentary, um, there was, like, photos. Obviously, the faces have been, like, blurred out. But, like, women sent him, like, topless pictures while he was yeah. in jail. Because they loved him. To be fair, right, he's really ugly. Like, he's terrifying. <laughs> I think that's also why it's one of my favorites because he looks if you walk past him in the street you'd be like that's a murderer oh yes um but at the same time part of me can understand why women were obsessed with him because he has that like jarring like structured look like like a model but like one of those interesting it's definitely the bad boy image yeah but anyway yeah he's terrifying 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 man one notable thing is that <laughs> i think he moved in with his cousin maybe when yeah. he was young or he was with his cousin mm. um and his cousin shot his wife as in oh his, class classic his cousin's wife yeah cousin shot his wife uh <laughs> like in the face right in front of richard ramirez so that's definitely um, desensitized him from a very early age yeah exactly so that's just one of many things that happened in his childhood that I think, screwed but, him up yeah the start of the timeline is just squiff, and I'm going to say yeah. that. Basically, April 10th, 1984, mm-hmm. a nine-year-old girl is discovered immediately. immediately sketchy. Awful. Immediately awful. Um, May Lung is found in a basement. Mm-hmm. In a basement. She's found in a basement of a hotel in San Francisco where she's living. She was found raped beaten and stabbed like raped beaten and stabbed a nine-year-old girl so this happened in april um of 1984 so like very early on the start in the timeline however it wasn't until 2009 Mm -hmm. so donkeys years later that it was matched to richard ramirez yeah so this case was just a cold case and then Mm -hmm. they had found dna at the crime couldn't link it to anybody and then in 2009 they were like oh shit it's him yeah i think maybe he re-entered his dna into the for some reason into the uh Mm. like database and then that's when they linked the cases but yeah Yeah, i think so in the documentary they don't mean they don't even mention this case because i think it start they they start the documentary from the beginning of the like detectives timeline so they didn't cover this case because it wasn't no and it was in san francisco yeah so it's not their jurisdiction exactly so yeah but that this is the first case that he's linked to so yeah um and then they also found like more dna at the crime scene but they haven't been able to you know lead it to anybody like they haven't found anybody from that so who knows who knows who he was with who knows it's just 
to start off, to set the tone, set the mood, a nine-year-old yeah. girl, you know, that just really sets the tone for the type of person this man is. That we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it officially started in June. Yeah, June the 28th, 1984. This is the first... Um, this is the first case that sort of set off the timeline in LA. Um, so he broke into mm. the home of 79-year-old Jenny Vincal. Um, she lived in Glassell Park. So it's so it's gone from a nine-year-old to yeah, a and just to, 79-year-old. I mean, the terrifying thing about this case is that he did not have a type to kill. He killed anybody and everybody in every possible way um he really did not it's just so terrifying and it's that's very rare like all of these murderers that you look Mm. at usually most of the time have like a specific uh type of person that they prey upon he just did not care he just genuinely went for anyone um so yeah so jenny vincal i think that's how you say it yeah probably Um, that's how i'd say it lived yeah, lived in Glassell Park um, alone. So he broke into her home, he stabbed her multiple times, um, he slashed her throat, um, and then he raped her. So While she was dead? He killed her and then raped her. Oh. Um, that's very, like... I'm pretty sure that's... that's sexual sadist kind of... Yeah, totally. Um, this is also, though, this is also a case that he was... Um, connected to after his arrest so it wasn't quite it wasn't in 2009 i think it was still in 1985 Mm. but it was only once they arrested him um and he gave his fingerprints that they'd find him linked it because they found fingerprints on the window where he'd broken in um so that's all the information on that so blasser there was not there's not much no no um and then you know there's a bit of a cooling off period and then march The 17th, 1985, in uh, Rosemead, LA. So, focusing on LA now. This is the first, like, case that they talk about in the documentary. So, this is, like, the first... This is what they thought was the start of his, basically, killing spree. Um, And it's the... It's basically a girl called Maria Hernandez. Woman. I don't want to say girl. Uh, Maria Hernandez. She's 20 years old. And she got attacked as she got out of her car just attacked Mm -hmm. um she held her hands up you know obviously trying to protect herself and richard ramirez pointed a gun at her and the keys in her hand deflected the bullet he fired so she the keys saved her life um so while this is all going on you know she's just got home her roommate is 34 34 years old dale okazaki i'm really sorry if i've Mm -hmm. said that wrong heard gunshots hid behind the kitchen counter as you would bloody do if you heard gunshots gunshots right outside your door um so ramirez like entered the property you know Mm. creating havoc yeah we like could see that dale was hidden behind the kitchen counter and waited Mm for their head to pop over the kitchen counter to see if, you know, someone was still there before they shot yeah. them in the once forehead, in the forehead. Yeah. Like, that's... Obviously, like, instantly That's, like, her. assassination kill. Yeah. Um, 
obviously at this point, like Maria Hernandez has like started running from the place. But as soon as she heard the gun start, obviously immediately you want to like try and make sure that your friend is okay. Yeah. Went back inside, assuming that like Ramirez had left through the back entrance of the house, you know, hoping that she wouldn't bump into him. They came face to face in the doorway. Imagine. I would, I don't even know what I would do. The man that had just pointed a gun at your face. Yeah. And narrowly avoided killing mm. you is now, once again, like, face-to-face, you're face-to-face yeah. with him. Yeah, after you've just had more gunshots. Inevitably yeah. someone's death. Yeah. yeah. So, Ramirez is looking at Maria. Maria is... I don't even know. No. And he just looks at her and then runs away. He just doesn't kill her. Yeah. Just imagine, so like, weird. you... He tries to kill you. Your keys, mm-hmm. your, like, small keys save your life. And then you go, go back and try and see that your friend is okay. And then you come face to face with the killer again. And he just looks at you and runs away. Um, I think they like, they, they obviously like show all the pictures in the documentary and it is so graphic. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like blood, guts and gore, don't watch it. Because it is the most graphic yeah. documentary I've seen. But you can see the body of... Dale Okazaki on the floor shot you can see the blood you can see like the kitchen counter that they were like peering over Mm -hmm. that scares me then later that night you know in a little bit of a you know further out area so this is in Monterey Park LA so it's not in the Mm -hmm. same place 40 minutes after that so 40 minutes after he just killed somebody he pulls a woman out of her car. He pulls Sai and Yu from her car on the freeway, shoots her dead and flees. And she dies um, on the way to the hospital in an ambulance. Yeah. Like, so he's obviously just like in a spree. Yeah. He's just like completely derailed, killed somebody, fled the scene and thought, shit, the easiest way I need to get home, like the quickest way or whatever. So he just pulled someone out of a car, shot them, and left. Like, on the freeway as well. That's like a yeah. motorway here. It's so busy, so... Uh-huh. And yeah, they realised it was all linked because the same calibre of gun was used. So it was a .22, which was used yeah. in the murder of Dale Okazaki and, well, the later murder of Sai Lian Yu. But we yeah. don't really know much about guns, so I can't tell you... No more about that they basically say that like they can't um clarify that it's the exact same gun mm. but the fact that it's the same a 22 mm. i i literally know nothing about guns but it's a 22 yeah. um, caliber was used yeah there you go this the same was used in two murders on the same night two sort of similar yeah. style you know execution style murders type yeah. thing. they it it made them think there's got to be a connection so then um March the 27th, so 10 days later, um, he broke into the home. Uh, this one was in, where was it? Like, South California. Yeah. I don't know whether that's different from LA. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. We, yeah. But so this is probably not... The same general <laughs> This area. is probably not the best. We're not very good at geography. No. Um, yeah, but he broke into the home of 64-year-old Vincent Zazara 
and 44-year-old Maxine Cesara. Um, I think Vincent was asleep on the sofa, um, and he shot and killed him in his sleep. Um, he then tied Maxine up, um, beat her. She actually escaped the ties as he was going around the house, ransacking it, looking for jewellery, whatever. Um, and grabbed a gun that she had under her bed. Um, she threatened him with the gun, as you would, Queen. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't loaded, and he was sort of, like, enraged by this, you know, that he'd been threatened, um, and then just shot and killed her. Um, but then, post-mortem, they, 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 uh, discovered that it was post-mortem. Um, stabbed her multiple times, um, and mutilated her, her pelvic area. I won't go any, into any more detail than that. Yeah, very, a very sexually charged killing. Yeah. Um, didn't stop there. Oh. He then gouged her eyes oh, out. Oh, delightful. Yeah, put them in a box. Oh. Left with the eyes mm. um, and also $40,000 worth of jewellery and other belongings. $40,000 is a lot of money. And also someone's yeah. eyes. That's, um... Yeah, that's just extra. You, He really didn't need to... Didn't need to include them. But no. also it just shows how different these murders are. Yeah. To the ones he previously. Very quickly, it seems. Yeah. And this is only his fourth fourth? Fifth, uh, yeah. Um, like recorded murder. So terrifying. Well, I say only fifth, as if that's like As if it's not that's not that many. <laughs> not no. enough. But you know what I mean. Um But this is the first case where they found shoe prints. Um so in the flower beds surrounding the house, mm-hmm. um, they found all they had was that it looked they measured it and it was about uh, a size 11 10 11 mm. shoe so it was definitely a um, male shoe that's what they got from that yeah which is lovely they've narrowed it down to basically any male in la <laughs> in la <laughs> yeah girl mm. at sort of the same time so th- they started working on this case um and gill one of the lead detectives yeah so he's the one that um, like basically like narrates the whole documentary yeah um he says that he noticed a string of child abductions that were happening at the same time um and he he was young apparently like the whole case, the whole uh, documentary talks about how he was like mm. new you know to the like a very admirable and... police story like beat yeah, cop to so, detective yeah um so he says that he started pushing for these child abductions to be considered as part of the same case as linked to these other murders because that's that matched up i'm not quite sure mm. what but um but he says in the documentary that the other officers the more experienced older officers just laughed at him uh, um yeah how awful is that that's awful um, but they finally become aware of a case where a young girl was abducted she was taken to a construction mm-hmm. site um and at the construction site um they found a, a shoe print in the wet concrete of the oh, construction and it site matched. and it matched um the footprint found at vincent and maxine cesaro's yeah. house so finally they had a link between these child abductions and one of the murders at least that was it that was the only link it was the shoe print yeah but anyway yeah so lots of child abductions 
were also then linked. Mm. Although um, they're not um, mentioned, like when you research, like when I researched him, they weren't that meant. They weren't mentioned that much. No, they're really not. It's probably for to protect mm. them, um, and they don't give like a timeline. Like they don't really say the dates of these child abductions. Um, interestingly, to add, you know, it doesn't stop there. Just no. you know, you'd think that five people would be enough. No. No. So, 14th of May, I was about to make a joke about May the 4th, but completely (laughs) the wrong day, Um, in Monterey Park, LA. So, that place has been picked before, you know. It's... Yeah. Obviously, it must either be close to home or somewhere that he feels comfortable with because Mm -hmm. he's picked it more than once. Um, 66-year-old William Doy was shot and killed. But just before he had died... William dialed 911 and he rang up and asked for the police and he basically said, like, someone's in my house, you need to come here, here's my address. And by doing that, he saved his wife's life Mm -hmm. Um, because Ramirez decided to, you know, bound and beat Lillian Doy. And Lillian's obviously William's wife. Great names, William and Lillian. Um, He raped her and restrained her with thumb cuffs which thumb cuffs is like a very old-fashioned like restraint device like it's not seen nowadays um ransacked the whole house when he'd found out the police were on their way and just fled so william basically saved his wife's life Mm -hmm. sadly she was raped but he managed to save her life by ringing the police on May 29th, so mm. not very long afterwards. No, but, not long. Um, in Monrovia, LA, mm-hmm. um, he broke into the home of Mabel Bell and her disabled sister Florence Lang. Um, they're both in their 80s, early 80s, I think. Um, he beats just, both... Go on. I just don't like it when elderly people or children yeah. are involved. Just, I hate to, you know... just picking on the helpless, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It always sort of hits a bit different when I find out that they're, like, 90 or something. Yeah. Um, And Florence Lang was disabled. Like, that's as low as you can get, as being an elderly disabled person. It just Um, shows, doesn't it, about him and his character. Um, So he beat both sisters with a hammer and bound them both in their bedrooms. Um... When I was researching, there were conflicting accounts. They don't really say too much about it in the documentary and, like, articles and things. I couldn't figure out which was true. But it sounds like he sexually assaulted both sisters. Mm. Um, So this is the first uh, sign of devil, satanic-related things. Which is obviously a sore you know, spot in LA history. Yeah. So Manson like they say. Yes. So um, I think that just is terrifying in itself. Yeah. Um he drew a pentagram on Mabel's leg mm. in lipstick. He always used lipstick, I think. Mm. And he drew a pentagram on the walls of both of the sisters' bedrooms. Interesting. They also found a partial shoe print uh at this case because he used electrical wire from an alarm clock to tie up both sisters 
Um, and he stood on the alarm clock. Yeah, he stood on the alarm clock to pull the electrical wire from it. Oh, okay. Um, and that left a partial shoe print. And on they the to... on the clock. Yeah, on the clock, like a dusty one, mm. I, I imagine. Um, and they <laughs> they so they managed to link this one to the abduction case and the Zazaras. Um, Crazy. Even more creepy, mm. this is the first case that they talk about how he would make himself food and sort of stay in the house for a bit, uh, just sort of make himself comfortable after so he he's just, murdered. He was just content being around yeah. people. Um, Florence Lang, the disabled sister, she mm. actually survived. Um, good, for, but, good for Florence. Yeah, but um, family members, like, I think she's still hospitalised to this day, I think. It was she survived, but um, barely. Barely, you know? yeah. She's she's not really living anymore. And then May thirtieth, mm-hmm. literally twelve hours. I don't know how mm-hmm. time works. Twenty four hours, whatever. <laughs> Later, it been twelve hours. You never know. Yeah, we'll stick with twelve. Yeah. Um, Burbank, LA. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the same place either. He broke into the house of Carol Kyle. Great mm-hmm. name in itself. Yeah. Handcuffed Carol and her eleven year old son. You know, gunpoint. Yeah, as you do. Ransacked their house. Mm-hmm. Released Carol so, you know, she could, like, show him where, like, all the valuable stuff was, like, jewellery mm-hmm. and everything like that. And forced her son into the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Bit random, but, you know, into the wardrobe. He then repeatedly raped Carol before tying them back together and fleeing the scene. Mm-hmm. So... There is no, like, correlation to stuff that's happened before. Obviously, like, rape and, you know, all sexual assault yeah. and things like that are similar. But he interacted with an 11-year-old. Didn't yeah. harm this 11-year-old. Right. Stole. So, you know, this is similar to what happened, um, you know, at, like, I think it was the Zazara's. He, like, yeah. stole so much. Mm-hmm. Similar to that. But... It's just, it's just so different. He yeah. raped a woman and then tied her back up after raping her. Yeah, and then just left. With her 11-year-old son and just left. Yeah. That's just crazy. There's just no pattern, is there, really? No, and you can understand why it was so hard for the LAPD to connect anything. Yeah. Um, so then June 28th, a month later this is what makes this what makes me think there are times where he commits multiple crimes in the same day or in the span of like 48 hours um and then there'll be like a month gap like what does he do in that month that's what's scary yeah exactly there's there just has to be cases where yeah people haven't either come forward or haven't been found yeah scares me um so, yeah, so June 28th in Arcadia, LA. So, Patty Higgins, she's 32, she was killed on June 28th, but she wasn't found until July the 2nd, so, like, a few days later. Mm. But they they confirmed that her death was the 28th of June. Okay. Um, her throat had been cut and she had been stabbed multiple times. Um, there's actually... There's no more information on this murder. That is really it, just that she... Yeah, was found dead. Um, and he wasn't actually convicted of this murder. 
Um, this is just another suspected murder of his. But I thought I'd include it because um, they include it in the documentary. Yeah, and so they obviously must think that there's some connection. Yeah, I just think he's probably the prime suspect and uh, it's very similar to previous cases. Previous. Um, well, on July 2nd, in Arcadia, mm-hmm. a 75-year-old woman was bludgeoned to death. Her name was Mary Cannon. And she was also stabbed multiple times mm-hmm. and he had cut her throat. Yeah. That is all the information we know mm-hmm. about Mary Cannon. Two sentences. Um, the yeah. poor woman. Mm-hmm. I, I just... It's so upsetting that, that her, her life... Her, what she's up. been remembered for is two sentences. Yeah. We, I don't know if he was convicted from yeah, that. Yeah, I think he was for this one. Okay, well, that's good then. Yeah. But they... I. That's it. Yeah. Two sentences. Um, and then a couple days later, 5th of July, in... Oh, God, you take this name. Sierra Madre. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go I, with... I can't read, so... Sierra Madre, L.A., um, Whitney Bennett, who was a 16-year-old, her bedroom window was broken in three. Mm-hmm. Um, she was beaten with a tire iron and she was strangled. Mm-hmm. Not not dead from strangulation. She just, you know, was yeah. badly strangled. The only thing she remembers from the whole situation is just waking up with a bad, you know, headache, realising her bedroom had been ransacked and there was, like, bloody shoe print on her duvet. Mm-hmm. Like the terrifying 16 year old and mm-hmm. the only piece of forensic evidence that they ever found at this crime scene was the shoe print yeah. which just shows that you know they this shoe print is connecting him with so many other yeah. murders but that's it They, I don't think they ever found fingerprints I think there's two cases where they found fingerprints but um, otherwise they never found a single fingerprint at any of these crimes it's which just, is also terrifying it's terrifying how intelligent somebody has to be yeah to be also, so frenzied yeah but, but still managed to cover your still tracks. managed to cover your tracks apart from a shoe print which is yeah, yeah. Um, stupid but the shoe print was also matching from the zara mm-hmm. house which they found in the flower beds yeah and the clock of uh mabel bell and florence lang so yeah. this is now three houses that they have found this shoe print like yeah. a perfect imprint of the shoe yeah um just imagine though waking up and being like, oh, I've got a splitting headache, and then realizing you have been bludgeoned with a tire iron. Yeah, I just don't. I just, I've personally never been bludgeoned, <laughs> so I wouldn't know how it feels, but I presume not can, good. Yeah. Um, Pretty crap, yeah. I think she's probably yeah, feeling. Not the best she's ever felt, I doubt. No. But she survived, thank God. Yeah. Um, so she was, I don't want to say a lucky one because that's just not. She's not lucky. But compared to the dead people, she's lucky. She's doing all right. <laughs> and she's only 16. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this shoe print, mm. um, they go on a whole, like, tangent in the documentary about how they found which shoe it was. Um, what, like, the up, actual shoe the that he was actual, wearing? Yeah. Um, so, so they now have the shoe print at the Zazara's house. Mm-hmm. Mabel Bell in Florence Lang's mm-hmm. house and Whitney Bennett's house. Okay. Um, so they started going to random shoe stores with the print. Um, 
like <laughs> imagine trying to like match it to each shoe in the shoe store this is obviously the 80s insane. so they're going like yeah they wouldn't be able to just look no. online um so they finally identified the shoe as an Avia shoe. Never mm-hmm. heard of it. Doesn't mean no. anything to me. But the sole, like the print, was mm-hmm. quite uh, identifiable. It's quite like unique. unique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they then determined which specific type of Avia shoe it was. Hmm. Um, they then decided from descriptions of him that it must be a black shoe. You know, his shoes didn't stand out to anybody. They blended in with the whole like yeah. black so outfit. it he wouldn't was... have been like neon or white no, or white yeah no so they decided it was a black shoe okay um they obtained information from the inventor of the shoe they like flew out to see him yeah yeah um, okay <laughs> and got like sales uh spreadsheets um and it told them that there were six black shoes of the very specific kind that they had Only been looking six? for that had been shipped to the u.s yeah only I don't know six. why, That's but I don't think they were very number. special. I know. Even better, five of them went to Arizona and one went to LA. <laughs> How so it's basically crazy like, is that? here is the killer, he is wearing these shoes, we yeah. have found him for you. Literally. Um, they say that they, they were never able to track it further than that. So they, they could never like track the purchase you know, or the product number or anything like that. Yeah. But they knew that this one specific person is the only person with this shoe, basically. Okay. That's just crazy. Yeah, so it it was very important in tying all of the cases together because it was definitely this one person committing all these crimes. That scares me. Yeah. That's a very clever lead, though. Isn't it? I yeah. love stuff like that. Like, that's such, that's such a cool way to link yeah, together. I would never have thought about the bottom of my shoes possibly no. coming back to me. Anyway, the 7th of July, Monterey mm-hmm. Park again, so a mm-hmm. hot spot for Mr. Night Stalker in, in LA. Um, six-year-old Joyce Nelson was beaten to death, leaving a shoe print on her face. Yeah. Although, you know, obviously... Richard Ramirez wasn't interested in this kill or it didn't do something for him because he just, you know, hadn't satisfied his need for sex with mm-hmm. Joyce. Um, they interview her family in the documentary, don't they? Like yes. they, in- they interview her son and his wife and then their daughter. Mm. Um, and they really focus on this one. I'm not quite sure what it is about it, but, but they have all these like home videos of her, which is obviously really hard hitting because she just seemed like such a... As sweet old all lady of these people were yeah but yeah such a lovely old lady um and they say there was evidence that she put up a fight so i think yeah. that he didn't sexually assault her because he sort of killed her in like a rage because she was putting up such a fight yeah um, but a shoe print on her face yeah like it's almost as if he knows that the police know that his shoe print have been linked yeah, to the sign and like, they're like mocking they're like you only have a shoe print well here it's on the victim's face (laughs) yeah that's just and also kicking someone in the face like stamping on their face that's a whole other level of rage yeah um yeah so he didn't satisfy his need for sex because he's obviously a sexual sadist Mm. he's just yeah yeah um so that very same night i'm not quite sure how much later but the same night uh in the same area 
in oh, Monterey God. Park. I will never be visiting Monterey Park. <laughs> no. I'm really sorry if that's where everyone's going for their holidays. <laughs> yeah, if you're from Monterey Park, not that you would be listening, but... No. Sorry. Um, by chance, a neighbour of... They interview her. There's a DNA... Al- an- oh, hello. An analysis? Analyst. Oh, that was, analyst. That was really hard for me to get out. A DNA analyst, yeah, uh, named Linda Arthur. They interview her throughout the documentary. Mm-hmm. Her neighbour starts shouting for, for Linda. Um, <gasps> so her neighbour's called Sophie Dickman, um, and he had broken into her house, handcuffed her to the bed, uh, raped her, and then robbed her. Um, and he entered her house through a cat flap. A, a cat flap? Imagine how desperate you have to be to enter a house through a cat flap. But why would you even try? Like, surely you're You'd bigger than most cats. Yeah, I think he was really tall, wasn't he? I don't know. But yeah. I laugh if he got stuck. <laughs> yeah. He'd got foiled because he was stuck in a cat flap. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that little detail just... I was just like, Jesus Christ, a cat flap. Um, so, when she... So when he's ransacking her house, she swears that she doesn't have anything valuable left. You know, she's like, I have nothing left for you to take. And Mm. he says to her, you know, don't swear to God, swear to Satan. Oh, God. And that becomes, yeah, yeah, that becomes like a phrase that he uses multiple times. But It's effective, though, isn't it? It scares people. Yeah, and they remember it. Swear to Satan. Swear to Satan, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but she survives. He didn't kill her. Um, well, I don't. I don't want to say but as if it's like a <laughs> positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's positive in the fact that she's still alive. Yeah, and she still has her life to live. But um, but he's just taken her life he's from taken, her exactly. in a whole other way. Yeah. Um. So that was the seventh of July. Yeah. Twentieth of July. So he's obviously had like a cooling off period mm-hmm. where he's decided that he's done for a while. Um. You know, Glendale, L.A gets a visit from Richard Ramirez. (laughs) I'm trying to make it sound not so horrific. (laughs) I'm just trying to not... Not sugarcoat it, because you can't. No, but... But 68-year-old Max and 66-year-old Leela Needing, their house got broken into. They were shot and mutilated with a machete Mm -hmm. this time, before, you know, the whole house got ransacked. And Max, the 68-year-old, was so badly like beaten mutilated cut all that he was almost decapitated like his head was nearly clean off because just the pure like rage yeah there were no shoe prints at the scene however however there is a slight positive which i don't know if this even can be classed as a positive but there was a match to the gun used to kill Dale Okazaki. So at the very, very beginning, we mentioned Dale. Yeah. There was a correlation in the gun. So later that very same night, he has a habit of, mm. like, committing multiple crimes in the same night. Yeah. Um, he goes to Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, he enters... Now... <laughs> These names are quite hard to pronounce. Millie has set up the 
No, you can't Tiffany do me dirty says, like this. <laughs> say that I'm the one that has to. To be honest, I would have like uh, volunteered to take it anyway. But I so I apologise. I'm going to get these names probably wrong. Um, he enters the home of Chainerong and some kid Covenanth. That was good. I yeah. don't think you said that wrong. I'm not going to say them again. Um, You're going to have to. Out of respect. Mm. <laughs> um, but that, that I, that's their name. Mm. Um, I'll say their first names. Chainerong uh, is shot and killed. Mm. Um, Ramirez then sexually assaults and beats some kid, his wife, uh, multiple times, as well as their eight-year-old son. Son? Yeah. So there was no, like... Picking and choosing between no. age and gender, no. really. He thinks, do you know what? Some kid hasn't had it hard enough. I'm also going to, you know, ruin her son's life. Um, and again, he makes some kid swear to Satan. Um, okay, so it's becoming a theme at this point. Yeah. Um, and again, a shoe print is found at the front and rear entrance of the home. Two at shoe this prints? Point, yeah. Ah. Um, at this point, it's like hard to believe isn't it that they hadn't yeah they they didn't have any suspects because there were so many links just Mm. from the shoe print but like that that really isn't much a shoe print and the the same words being used Mm. you cannot tie that to any one particular person so yeah um you'd think that due to the like like there there are some similarities in like the neighborhoods that he's going to but you'd think that because they're pretty much all different someone would have seen him yeah someone would have heard him like i'm not being funny if you're shooting somebody if mm-hmm. you're like breaking into someone's house and assaulting somebody that's not really quiet no um someone said they have a clip of a woman in the documentary and she says you know because they've obviously got uh at this point i think someone had drawn up a, like a sketch yeah of him from some eyewitness and the woman says um you know he's a scary looking man like how have they not caught him yet um <laughs> but like i don't know yeah i don't know i just think he was very he obviously kept very low-key and it's a big america's huge like la itself would yeah. have been huge like there's no way to just catch someone like no especially just off of a shoe print a shoe print yeah if you think about it realistically that is nothing no um the fact that they could you know trace it to la yeah that was pretty impressive yeah pardon me sorry getting too excited (laughs) um so you know just because that wasn't enough no still going 6th of august you know it's still going the 6th of august in northridge la so it's very predominantly focused on la so it's obviously where he comes from and everything Mm -hmm. He breaks into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson, shoots them both in the head, and they both survive. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, Chris then chases him out of the house <laughs> after being shot in the head. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, again, you think you shoot someone, he obviously thinks, oh, everything's fine, I've just shot them both in the head, in a part of the body that shouldn't survive being shot at no and then mark you see the man just gets up and screams at you and chases you throughout the house oh god he must have absolutely shot himself i can't you, That's you yeah 
what the word shat <laughs> yeah that's where we draw the line that's we're not talking about anything like that that's just too much for the podcast um but the important thing noted from this obviously mm-hmm. you know it was assault and everything luckily no one had died um they had found specific rare casings with like red enamel on them so obviously when you shoot a gun in case anyone doesn't know when you shoot a gun um depending on what gun you have if you have a revolver it doesn't drop casings on the ground it keeps them here's us saying we know nothing about guns you're showing me up now it's because i learned it in criminal minds because oh, Spencer Reed has a revolver. Of course. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so uh, any, I think I can't be sure, but other guns you drop the casings on the ground, and they're obviously right. like the little metal things that hold the bullets. Yeah, and like other things, I don't know what else is in there. Maybe we need to research guns a bit more. We'll become gun experts. Let's experts. <laughs> um, and on the casings, there was like a red enameled dot, yeah. like red paint. Um, that's rare in itself, but it also indicates that the casings are really, really old. So they were yeah. manufactured a really long time ago. So people buying, um, you know, bullets now that that's not what you'd have. Yeah. And it was also a different like caliber gun. So it wasn't the same gun that killed Dale Okazaki, and it wasn't the same gun used on Max and Layla Needing. Yeah. So you know, a new piece of evidence basically. Yeah. Um, so then August 8th, two days later, um, in Diamond Bar, mm. and at this point in the documentary, um, Gil, Correa, 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 yeah. thank you, <laughs> uh, he lives like down the road, doesn't he, from this particular yeah. This murder. is, I think, the one that he talks about the most, due yeah. to the fact that it was literally like Just... minutes away from his house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah in a place called Diamond Bar. Um, he breaks That's into the fancy. home... Yeah, it does. Um, of 27-year-old Sakina and 35-year-old Elias Abawaf. Mm. Um, he shoots and kills Elias in his sleep, I think. Um, and the ammunition found, or the casings found, matched the one at the Peterson case, where they both survived. Yeah. Um, so this is new evidence now. Mm. Uh, he raped and beat Sakina... Um, Again, he made her swear to Satan that she wouldn't scream. Um, they had a th- three-year-old son and a three-month-old baby. Mm. He didn't harm the children, but the three-year-old... This is horrifying. The three-year-old um, walked into the bedroom as he was uh, um, assaulting his mother. Absolutely um, And so he ties up the three-year-old and oh, then no. continues to assault his mother. And, like... Just violate them. Yeah. Um, he also robs them for, like, a large amount of money in belongings. Um, but Sakina survives, uh, as do the children. But, yeah, Elias is killed. Elias. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is now ten days later, August the 18th, mm-hmm. and it is in San Francisco, so it's a yeah. big, big Change. step. Um, and it's the... Murder of 66-year-old... I shouldn't laugh. It's a great name, though. It's a great name, and I'm really sorry, but it's a 66-year-old man called Peter Pan. Thank you. Everybody yeah. Just take that in. Moment of... Yeah. Yeah. He was shot and killed as he slept. You know, the poor man. 
I can't help but Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. Um, his wife, who was 62 years old, Barbara Pan, was raped, beaten and shot. But luckily, if you can call it luckily, survives. Yeah. So... As Molly had previously mentioned, like he started, like Ramirez started getting a lot more comfortable in crime scenes, and it became less sporadic and mm-hmm. a lot more like cold and like calculated. calculated. Yeah. So, the murder of Peter Pan. I can't help but smile, and I, it's just an awful thing. I really shouldn't. This is no, how it I... means he brought he brings us joy beyond the grave, mm. Um, mm. and his legacy lives on in his yeah. amazing name. Well. Richard Ramirez obviously didn't have the same feelings. No. <laughs> he made food for himself in the, you know, in the house, in the crime scene, after yeah. he had raped and beaten and shot and killed people. Yeah. Proceeded to then throw up in the kitchen all the food he had eaten mm-hmm. and then masturbated in the living room. Just to really, like, mix yeah, it up. top it off. Just to spice things up a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> he then continues to draw a pentagram on the walls and the phrase jack the knife which i have no idea where that's from no neither i don't think it really means anything but no. maybe that's the name he wanted to have yeah um in lipstick on the wall mm-hmm. and it was just it was just a whole mess a whole yeah. mess of things but basically it kind of went under the radar for a while because it was in san francisco and obviously yeah. they were all focusing on la they didn't really think about out-of-state stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it was confirmed that the casings from the gun um, and the shoe print were tied, you know, the San Francisco case into multiple others, then the mayor of San Francisco decides to do the one thing that you should not do no. in a murder case, and it's to basically just release all the public information yeah. about the killer in a conference, you know, mm-hmm. with all the media, all the journalists. Um, and she reveals basically every piece of evidence they have about this man. The, the yeah. shoe print, the special casings with the red markings on them. Literally everything. I, I was about to do a long list, but there is basically two pieces of evidence. Yeah. <laughs> this is just it. That is it. <laughs> um, she just reveals all the information, which is a big mm-hmm. no-no. This angers the LA PD because they have basically just lost all leads that they've got because the killer is now aware of the evidence. Yeah. So some articles have been reported. We don't know how true they are. That no. Ramirez basically drops his um, Avia shoes. Avia? Yeah. Avia shoes over the side of the Golden Gate Bridge because he knows that the LAPD know about his shoes. Yeah. So he's now removing, like, the biggest piece of evidence connecting yeah. him to basically every murder case. There is only one more murder after this. Thank God, because if, you know, now that the all this confidential, confidential information had been released, mm. he could have carried on for so long and yeah. they would have lost that vital piece of information that tied him to all these cases. Yeah, they basically didn't have any solid information no, or evidence. Um, so, on August the 24th, back in, well, it's back in Orange County, again, I don't really know. Your geography skills are not good. I know that that's LA, right? Like, Mm. Orange County is, like, an area, or it's, like, an area of Cal... Not even gonna try and... (laughs) Okay, just say Orange County. Yeah, so in Orange County, basically not San Francisco. Yeah. Um, in Mission Viejo, I'm gonna, I feel like that's probably how you say it. You did good there. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, 30-year-old Bill Carnes is shot and hospitalised, but he survives. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, no one dies. One. There you go. That's even better. Yeah, sorry. So he's shot and hospitalised, but he survives. And his fiance, 29-year-old... Wait, how do you say her name? Inez? Inez. Inez. Erickson. Yeah. Yeah. Inez Erickson. Uh, she is beaten and raped. Um, again, he makes her swear to Satan that there are no more valuables in the house once he's ransacked their house. Mm. Um, but he also, this is new, he also says to her, I am the Night Stalker. Mm. Um, so he clearly took a liking to that, that particular name. Yeah, and the name um, has come from the fact that the, basically the media gave him a name early on. Yeah. But they settled on the Night Stalker after, I think, it was the conference call that yeah. the mayor of San Francisco basically gave. Like, the media went crazy. They gave him the Night Stalker. Yeah. And he loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, he says to her, I am the Night Stalker. I mean, <laughs> he's just said it himself, so, really. So, um, there's also conflicting accounts about this, but 13-year-old James Romero... Um, Richard Ramirez either tried to break into their home and they are, they're like neighbours of uh, Bill Carnes and Inez Erickson. Yeah. He either tries to break into their home or uh, James Romero just sort of sees, he sees a suspicious, suspicious car um, around the house of Bill Carnes and Inez Erickson. Uh, and he manis- manages to get a full description of the car and a partial plate. Um, very good eyewitness testimony there from James. Yeah, 13 as well. Yeah, impressive. Um, so someone rings in and says, I think that's my car that's been stolen, you know? Yeah. Um, and it matches the description and it matches the partial plate. So then they then have a full plate that they can look for. Mm. Um, but the car was found abandoned. Um, however, they found a print on the mirror of the car. He'd obviously attempted to wipe clean. They didn't find any other prints. They find one print on the mirror of the car which that's just so impressive yeah it is that there's only one print available Uh in that whole vehicle this basically they find the car they find the print but nothing still nothing happened yeah so they were still just as in the dark and then you know they decided to embrace the media um Mm -hmm. and they spoke out about it displayed the you know the image of him that the sketch artist had drawn up yeah they basically just thought you know Everyone knows all the information now, so we're just going to ask them to help. And yeah. they basically, a bracelet, like a beautiful gold bracelet, had been given to this woman. I cannot remember her name for the life of me, and no. people will probably be furious that we don't know this lady's name. She got given this beautiful gold bracelet by her boyfriend mm-hmm. called Armando. And obviously, Omano didn't buy the bracelet, so she's a bit sus. She's a bit suspicious about this yeah. bracelet. I actually um, think, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I actually think that Armando gave the bracelet to his friend, and mm. he was the boyfriend of this woman. Uh, so like he's like he's like two links back, but anyway, oh, it doesn't really okay. matter that much. But yeah. Okay. So you know, suspicious this woman knows that he did not buy yeah. this bracelet. He had definitely it yeah. had been stolen. Sorry, it was a long-winded way of me saying it was stolen. Um, She then, you know, it's the bracelet is then given to the police and it's traced back through people to a man called Armando. And Armando Mm -hmm. is a very good friend of Richard Ramirez. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, after the police find Armando, they interrogate him, and Armando eventually gives the police the name and the description of Richard Ramirez. And this yeah. is the only time that they have, a per- like, a suspect. Yeah, because he, because he just matches Matches everything. everything. Um, they just didn't have a single suspect until this point. Yeah. Um, so then they have his name. Um, because you can't, they have the print on the car, but they can't just go through the, it's the 80s, they can't go through every single person they have in their database. Yeah, they have to narrow the search down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the fingerprint on the car matches Ramirez, who they have in their database from a previous petty crime, probably a burglary. So they finally have a match to this car, um, basically from that point they that he is their main suspect there are other like uh he's like linked in other ways um but it's there are so many of them where individually they don't really mean a lot but all together they basically line up to richard ramirez being the, yeah. the main suspect but i we just can't talk about them all because it would take forever um and they're just all small little things yeah exactly it's like it's like a stolen car here and a and this fingerprint and there and yeah which but basically gone under the radar yeah basically. this is what finally like drew it to a close so yeah the fingerprint on the car matches richard oh, ramirez yeah. um and he is he matches the description it's, it's basically him so they put his picture out um mm-hmm. everywhere they his this mugshot that they have from his previous conviction which is um, the ugliest mugshot i've ever seen yeah terrifying <laughs> again he's just I can't believe he's real. He really looks like a monster. Yeah. Um, it's his teeth. Yeah. Um, not, not nice teeth. <laughs> no. Um, so I think probably through Armando, they mm. find out that he, Ramirez, is visiting his brother in another town. Yeah. Um, so they wait for him to return. They station undercover cops. Cops. Who am I? Ooh, undercover police officers. <laughs> um, at the police state. No. Oh my god, the, the bus, bus station. station. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where he's expected to return from his brothers. So they um, just basically are waiting for him because they know that it's him. It has to be him. Yeah. Um, it just scares me that, you know, after this whole year yeah. of basically ransacking people's lives and just writing them off, Yeah. that he's just casually like, oh, I'm just going to go see my Strolling brother. around. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so the the police officers are obviously waiting for him. Yeah. He sees that they're police officers, yeah. like, waiting for him, even though they're undercover, uh-huh. and just manages to sneak past them. Yeah. Just, you know, by hiding his face or, like, walking in a group of people. Yeah. Um, so he sees this, panics, because he also sees his face from his previous mugshot on every single newspaper... And just decides, everywhere. he's just everywhere, you know, and decides, oh, I'm just going to get on a bus and, you know, go to my other family to get away. Because obviously at this point, he knows that the police know it's him. It has to be yeah. him and everything. So he's just casually sat on this bus, you know, thinking that he's got away with everything. <laughs> and a man sat like two rows in front of him, spots him on the bus and the man is reading the newspaper with his face on it. Yeah. What you a movie get, moment. You cannot get more cinematic. Yeah. 
I love this bit. This is my favourite bit of the entire story, as same for you. Yeah. Um so he jumps off of this bus once he's realised that the man recognises him and has like flagged down someone. Um and he takes the police on a wild goose chase. He runs across the freeway, and in America their freeways are huge. They're not just like three lanes of traffic or I don't know, I don't drive. Um <laughs> I don't know, I can't drive. They're, <laughs> they're huge. They're like five I don't actually know how many lanes of traffic is a lot. We're they're gonna large. go with five. Mm-hmm. They're large that roads. That's more than the UK. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so he runs across the freeway. He has a death wish, as he should. Yeah. Um, and into like a random neighbourhood. Um, he attempts to steal multiple cars um, before. <laughs> I just love it. Um, <laughs> a man like grabs him and hits him over the head with a metal pole. This is my like it's my favorite bit because it is just humanity like yeah it's the good things in our society like they all these people in this neighborhood notice a sketchy man yeah. breaking into someone's car yeah. and basically like they see him and they're like hang on a minute he's That's... the serial murderer uh-huh oh my god let's imagine realizing i just don't know what i would do with myself no. i'd probably run which is an awful thing to do like to be i would stand peering out of the window as other people just sort of hit him yeah but the neighborhood literally see him and mm-hmm. as a tight-knit community they run up to him and they basically just beat him to the ground yeah like imagine a playground and the bully and like a circle and like this one kid on the floor it's is the same as that yeah i just um it's crazy yeah this random policeman is like on i don't think he was even part of the you know, the team that was trying to catch him. Mm. I think he was literally a random policeman in this neighbourhood, sees this man being beaten by a crowd. Yeah. Um, He's like, hang on, let me go save the man being beaten. Yeah, and then realises who it is and he, like, arrests him and detains him in the car. And then at this point of the documentary, there is all this footage of Richard Ramirez sitting in the back of this police car Mm. um, with his head, like, bandaged up because they've been... It's just like a huge bandage. It's almost it uh-huh. almost looks comical. Yeah, literally it's massive. Like he, and he's just bloody like a broken lip, yeah. like swollen. Mm-hmm. You know how um the weekend has recently, <laughs> whatever he's doing, you know yeah. he has all that bandaged face. He looks like that apart from like his face is still free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just it is just comical. It's just ridiculous, and he's like he's just strange like the way he he sort of like jerks himself about yeah. and um he says that he was he like taunt he would like taunt the crowd he was like spitting at them and mm-hmm. like poking his tongue out like what the hell anyway just, yeah so it's just a strange human being yeah um and then obviously was arrested uh-huh. you know that policeman that wasn't looking for him really had a great like good arrest yeah, day that's a good story to tell it imagine just casually like being like oh, i was gonna family. go save someone and then it turned out to be the night stalker yeah dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have a theme song but if he did that would be <laughs> that it that would be it yeah um so obviously arrested but they have very minimal physical evidence mm-hmm. which sounds awful but yeah. in court if you don't have any evidence you can't really get a strong like point mm-hmm. across. The jury just will say like it's all substan like substantial? Yeah. Circumstantial. That's the word. Um and you know, while being a you know, what since being arrested, while being held in custody, 
multiple surviving victims come in into a lineup. Like they obviously see all these people, and Richard mm-hmm. Ramirez is put in a lineup, and they have to identify him. And that's obviously more evidence going against him in his trial. And so many people go. So many mm-hmm. of his surviving victims go. But the most poignant person yeah. is a six-year-old girl. Yeah. So she, if you do end up watching the documentary, honestly, this bit sort of broke my heart a little bit. Um, and it made both a Frank Salerno and Gil Carrillo yeah. like, tear up at the fact that this six-year-old girl who was abducted and raped repeatedly, you know, was asked to come into the police station and she stood in front of all these people and she pointed this man out. A six-year-old girl managed to yeah. identify him. And I think that alongside a lot of other people identifying him and things was, like, a very big point in court, which made everybody, yeah. like... It sort of, like, struck everybody because a six-year-old is just awful, yeah, and she's not going to have any, like, predisposed no. ideas of who she's supposed to choose. Like, she is, as a six-year-old, she is going to pick the man that did it. Yeah. You know, she's not, like... She's not going to pick someone just because they, you know, they look, look like a bit the type bad. of person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, um, so that definitely hit me really, really hard. Yeah. And the woman herself, is obviously she's grown up now, she's talking about it in the documentary. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. It really yeah. does. I mean, I don't think they could ever tie him to the shoe print mm. um, because he didn't. I don't. I don't think they, he ever had the shoe. Yeah. Um, so if he supposedly threw them off a bridge, I don't think he'd have them. Yeah, but the lineup, the satanic uh, elements, the f- the fingerprints that they found at um, the car. Yeah. And also the window of. I can't remember which one it is. They find a, they find a fingerprint somewhere else. Um, yeah. Anyway, basically, there's basically just, yeah no doubt that it's him. Mm. Um, yeah, and the trial lasts two months, which is nothing really for a serial murderer. No, that's incredibly fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he is found guilty of... Well, he's convicted of all 43 counts. 13 murders, 5 attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults and 14 burglaries. And that's just ridiculous. 43. Yeah. Awful. Um, The worst part of all of that to me is he got convicted for all of those, you know, found guilty, convicted, put in prison, obviously death penalty for the murders. Yeah. Um, But he died Mm -hmm. in prison in 2013 from cancer. Yeah. From B-cell lymphoma. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. He's gone. The good thing is he's dead. Yeah. And I don't, um, I don't like that most people, you know, I don't say like good that, you know, good that he's dead or yeah. I'm glad that they've died. Like I'm, I don't have that mentality back death. No. Um, but in this instance, I'm glad that he has died. Yeah. I think that was the best possible thing that could have uh-huh. happened. That's that, the case of the that Night is, Stalker. Yeah. That's it. It's so heavy. It's so heavy, and even though that is a long and detailed case, you know that those are so many so many lives were lost like it's one of the worst yeah cases of all time it's in my very opinion. prolific um that's not even all the information and we probably haven't done it justice no we've definitely have like breezed over some bit yeah um so definitely go research it yourself mm-hmm. and watch the documentaries and read the articles because it is just it's 
it gets even worse. So um, that's the first episode. Yeah, it's a heavy one. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah. Um, point. And on that <laughs> bombshell, I can't say goodnight because that's what Jeremy Clarkson says. Who's Jeremy? Uh, from Top Gear. That's yeah. quite a niche piece of information. I'm not, well, you can you can say goodnight. Good night. <laughs> Good night.